everybody. This is Don Brewer from Grand Funk Railroad. Hey, are you here? I, I knew you were. Welcome to the Paul Leslie Hour, home of interviews with some of the great artists of our time. You know, Grand Funk Railroad is one of the most beloved rock bands in history. Formed in the 1970s, the band went on to become one of the most influential rock bands in American history. The American band is currently touring the nation. In this interview from our radio archives, Paul caught up with founding member and drummer Don Brewer for an exclusive interview. Don Brewer talked about Grand Funk Railroad's storied history and gave his opinions on the state of the current music business. Please remember to subscribe to Paul Leslie's YouTube channel. It helps us and it helps the artists we interview. And with that, hey, I think it's time we hear this interview with Don Brewer of Grand Funk Railroad. We're welcoming Don Brewer, one of the founders of the most influential rock bands in history, Grand Funk Railroad. So welcome to the program, Mr. Brewer. Thanks, Paul. First of all, since our show is based out of Atlanta, I was wondering if you could tell us about some of your memories of the 1969 Atlanta Pop Festival. Oh, sure. I remember uh, I remember renting, renting a trailer, borrowing a van, Hiring a couple of guys that we really didn't know to, uh, to be our crew. We were going down there as a favor. You know, somebody was doing us a favor by getting us on the show. Nobody had ever heard of Grand Funk Railroad before. We were a brand new band. We had been previously known in, in Michigan as the pack. We just changed our name and started working on this trio, power trio format, you know, and you know, they, they, there weren't a lot of gigs around. And uh, somebody said, Hey man, if you can get down here for this, this Atlanta pop festival, we'll put you on opening act, opening day. So, you know, we, borrowed a van, rented a trailer, drove down, and wrecked our trailer on the way down. Our equipment was, you know, strewn all over Tennessee, and we picked it back up, got there, and they put us on opening act, opening day. We walked out on stage in front of, you know, I don't know, 30, 40,000 people, and they said, Grand Funk Railroad, and nobody knew who we were. You know, it's like, yeah, so what? You know, and by the end of the show, they were giving us a standing ovation, and we came back the next day. They asked us back the next day, put us on at a better time slot. Again, we got a great, great reception, and then they asked us back again the third day, and it just kind of took off from there. I mean, we got a lot of a huge word of mouth around the South about this new band, Grand Funk Railroad, and everything took off after that. There have been so many bands and musicians that have said that Grand Funk Railroad was an influence of theirs. Was there any musician who said that the Grand Funk Railroad was an influence that you felt was you felt particularly honored by? Well, you know, I mean, yeah, Prince, you know, I mean, has made reference, and, you know, Van Halen has made reference to us, the guys in Kiss, you know, we've got Bruce Felix, who played with Kiss for 12 years, is playing with us now, and, you know, he always told us that Gene and Paul were big fans of Grand Funk, so, yeah, I mean, we were, you know, very uh, honored uh, that we were, you know, sort of the the founding fathers, uh, you know, of rock and roll, you know, I mean, we were in that, in that batch of groups that came out, and uh, people were really taking notice of what we were doing. I'm a big fan of Bruce, both his work with Kiss and his solo music, and I was just wondering, what drew you to Mr. Kulik? Well, we Bruce and I go back to uh, the 80s when I was playing with Bob Seger and the Silver Bullet Band uh, as a tour drummer, and Bruce was playing with Michael Bolton as his uh, his guitar player, and, uh, you know, I mean, we, we became friends back then, and, you know, everybody in the, in the band was really, you know, amazed at how good he was and how versatile he was, and 
when this position came open in Grand Funk, he was the first guy I contacted to see if he was see if he was available, and of course he was, and we you know immediately got him into the into the band. It's been great. Grand Funk Railroad has played in so many places, and some of the crowds have just been amazing, as you mentioned. I was wondering if there was any place in the world that you played that you especially enjoyed. Well, I always enjoyed going to Japan. I, you know, it, it's a, it's kind of a culture thing and they love American bands and they particularly have, you know, love Grand Funk, especially in the, in the seventies. That was always fun to go there. It was interesting to go to Europe and into South America as well, but I think, you know, Japan was more of a standout for sure for me. When you were growing up, what drummers were an influence to you? Oh, you know, I got to say Louis Belson was a, a big influence, you know. And then as we got into the rock stuff, you know, the, the guy Dino Danelli from uh, the Rascals was a big influence on me. Also, uh, Bernard Purdy, you know, as far as the R&B stuff goes, Mitch Mitchell from Hendrix and Ginger Baker from Cream, you know, they were all big influences on me. So what music do you listen to now? I listen to talk radio. <laughs> <laughs> That's there a good go. answer. <laughs> so when you're not doing music, what what kind of things do you do with your spare time? Well, you know, I, I'm kind of the the appointed manager and road manager for Grand Funk, so I, you know, that's that's what takes most of my time. When I'm home, you know, my wife and I, you know, spend a lot of time around the house. We do do stuff together, and you know, we'll we'll cook or you know whatever it is that you know that we can spend time together. And you know, I've got a family. My my daughter just got married. And, She's going to start having kids pretty soon, so we're looking forward to that. So it's really a, a typical kind of a family home life. I was reading about Grand Funk uh, hooking up with Frank Zapp in 1976, and I was wondering what that was like. Well, we were looking, you know, once again, you know, we, we had gone through a, a couple of producers. You know, Terry Knight was our manager producer for the first six albums, and then uh, we hooked up with Todd Rundgren. You know, for where an American band is shining on, that kind of you know took us in another direction. That that was radio. We were kind of following what radio was doing, going from FM, FM underground to to a, being a hit format. And we were going you know hit hit records and stuff. You know, and we tried a couple other producers, and we you know when before we got Todd involved, we you know Frank Zappa's name had come up. So when we were looking for a producer again, we said, well, let's see what you know what uh, Frank is doing and uh, see if he'd be interested in, in working with Grand Funk. We we knew he had mentioned us, you know, kind of tongue in cheek in one of his movies, you know, and uh, so we weren't sure if he was he was a, a pro grand funk guy or or whatever. But we got him to come out to Michigan, and we really hit it off well. And it, it was very interesting to work with him. He, he's not the uh, crazy musician, or he wasn't the crazy musician everybody thought he was. He was very very down to earth, very uh, humble guy, and great guitar player. Had a lot of great ideas uh, in in the studio. I loved working with him. In addition to the tour coming up with Grand Funk Railroad, is there anything on the horizon? Well, we're, you know, we, we just focus on doing live shows. That's really kind of where, where the business has gone for us. You know, we, the, the record business has totally changed from what it was, you know, when we came up. I'm not exactly sure, you know, how people, you know, get things on the air anymore as far as new bands. And we're, we're kind of been, we've been categorized as a classic rock band. So of course, you know, classic rock only plays classic stuff by us. They won't play anything new. And, you know, so we really focus on just being a live act. And, you know, that's really, that's really what we love. Out of all the the Grand Funk records out there, is there any in particular that is a favorite of yours? Well, I always like uh, E Pluribus Funk was one of my favorite albums. And 
Closer to Home was another one. American Band is another one of my favorites. You know, I, I kind of look back and, and I remember what it took to make the records and the ones that, that were easier, that flowed the best, that we didn't, you know, we weren't on take 62. They, they were the best ones. And, you know, I think they still, they, they stand the test of time too. I'm sure you feel, feel close to, to your band members, but I was just wondering, is there anyone in the current lineup that you feel especially close to? Oh, I think all of the guys. And I, I'm especially close to Mel because, you know, we go back so far. You know, I mean, he's, uh, he's my partner and my bud. In the Cameron Crowe movie, Almost Famous, there's a quote, and it's too bad you missed out on rock and roll. And I was reading an interview that you did, and you were talking about how, you know, Rolling Stone had been unkind. But really, I mean, the test is the audience, you know. What do the, what do the music fans think about a rock band? And so what I was wondering was, do you think that when all these classic rock bands from the 60s and the 70s retire, do you think rock and roll is going to die? Well, it, it already has, you know, died in the in a sense of what we remember it being. It, it's completely changed. You know, the recording business has changed. People don't, you know, bands don't go into a studio anymore and just record as a band. You know, it's, it's some guy in his bedroom or some guy in a, in a studio by himself and he, you know, he can record everything by himself. He doesn't need a band. So I don't hear a lot of, you know, bands recording together. Like, you know, I mean, a lot of the times we, we used to play live in the studio. That's how it went down on, on the record. There weren't a lot of overdubs. We spent very little time overdubbing. It seems that the, the industry changed from being what I considered, you know, a, you know, real rock and roll bands making rock and roll to more of a, a business. And, uh, you know, they broke everything down into little pieces, you know, where bands ultimately started recording just the drums first. Then they put the bass on. Then they put the guitar on. Then they do about a million overdubs. Then they do the vocals. And, they, you know, and, and by the time it's done, it's this process piece of, it's a process recording of a song that started out being, you know, one thing and ended up being something else. So rock and roll as we know it or, or we knew it, where, where bands go out there and play with random abandon, seems to uh, have gone by the wayside. <laughs> so what's the best thing about getting to be Don Brewer? <laughs> <laughs> the best thing about getting to be, I don't know. I mean, you know, it's, it, it's got its ups and downs like anybody and anything else, you know? So I, I wouldn't really say that there's any, any one thing. I, I, uh, I love being alive. I love having a family. You know, I love being able to continue to do what I did when I was a kid. You know, I mean, I, I still feel like a kid when I'm on stage. So I, I would say if you had to say what's the best thing, it would be the fact that I'm still on stage, I'm still entertaining people, I, I still get a I still get a rush from it. I have one last question, and given that this program goes out all over the world, thanks to modern technology, my last question is what would you, Don Brewer, like to say to the world? <laughs> What would I like to say to the world? Let me see. I hate to get political. So the first thing that comes to my mind is politic politics. So I, I won't go there. You know, I, I guess, you know, I would like to say that, you know, we need music. We need, we need musicians. We need live rock. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Okay. <laughs> well, I do thank you for your time, Mr. Brewer. It's been a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you. Well, thanks so much. And I look forward to the show on Friday. All right. Thanks, Paul. We thank you and appreciate you dropping in for the Paul Leslie Hour today. 
You know, you can help the Paul Leslie Hour in our mission to provide independent media content like this by visiting www.thepaulleslie.com slash support. We truly thank you. This is your announcer speaking. Performance of the Entertainer intro song and Corina Corina outro song courtesy of John Primerano. Well, that's it for today. So until next time, be safe and be good. <laughs>